You're listening to Time with Fred, an inspirational broadcast with your host, speaker, and life coach, Fred Getty. There's research upon research that shows that uh, we men, right, uh, overall tend to suppress our emotions um, in a way that, that are often destructive, not only to ourselves, not only to our families, uh, but to society as, as a whole. So we're going to be hearing very rich and diverse perspectives uh, from each of these men uh, who've had experiences with dealing or managing their own emotions here. Uh, and if you've just tuned in, this is Time with Fred. And I'm going to turn it over to, uh, to these special guests. I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves, tell a little about who they are. Um, <laughs> Mr. Eric Carroll. Take it away. Awesome. Uh, Fred, first, thank you. Ron, thank you for uh, having me on. My name is Eric Carroll. I'm the uh, pastor at the Ascension Church RVA down on Hall Street. Um, you know, when Fred asked me to come on the show and, and discuss the topic, this topic is kind of near and dear to my heart because one of the things that I think that we oftentimes miss is the fact that men of all ethnic groups, all socioeconomic statuses, whether you're a religious person, you're not, we all deal with the same type of emotional stress in this life. Um, some people say to me, well, you're a pastor. You, everything should be all good. You got the red phone to God. And I try to tell them, yeah, I wish. I, <laughs> I can talk to him, but my, that doesn't change the emotional stress that I have in my life. And uh, so I'm excited about talking about this and excited about hearing what these other guys have to say about it because I think we can all learn from one another. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mr. Carroll. Dr. Sonny Hatcher, just like Eric just said, you know, we're dealing with a topic that's that's near and dear uh, to my heart. Just because I have some letters before my name and some numbers in the bank account don't mean that I don't have issues that mm -hmm. I deal with each yes, and every day, sir. just like yes, each sir. and every person that I come into contact with. So one thing that I've, I've come to notice is that, you know, we all need an out. We all need a way that we need to be able to voice ourselves. And so, you know, this is a great platform and everything. And I think uh, you'll hear some really good things coming out tonight. And uh, my, my third guest. Hey, Fred, how you doing? Uh, Tim Taylor here. I really uh, appreciate you inviting me on the show tonight. Uh, I am the CEO and founder of a company called Red Star Services, Inc. We're a direct hire platform based out of Virginia Beach. And I am a medically retired uh, chief petty officer from the United States Navy. Uh, I served for just under 18 years before I was medically retired due to depression and anxiety disorders uh, so this is definitely a topic that I have a lot of experience with and it is uh, something that's near and dear to my heart uh, the veteran community we suffer 22 suicides per day um, and it's something that uh, we we really need to try to get a handle on and, and help our veterans and help our, our fellow society come to grips and understand what's going on and thank you so much for that I want to thank you uh, Tim for your service to our nation and also to Dr. Hart who is also a vet uh, thank you uh, for your service as well to our nation. Uh, can't can't overemphasize that. And uh, last but not least, my name is Donnie Muskowski. Fred, thank you, thank you for uh, having us over here. I am simply put, I'm, I am a father. I'm a husband. I'm a leader. I'm a follower. I'm a mentor, and I'm a mentee. And with that, with all that being said, the uh, the gamut of emotions I see within the profession that I'm in. Is, is all over the place. I'm an accountant executive for a skilled staffing company in the trades. And uh, what we do is construction staffing, as far as that goes. And I, do, I, I work and I see the best, and in some cases the worst, of mankind on any day. And the, the emotions that men, us, us as men, are constantly fighting back and forth with is, it's, it's a struggle. It's a daily struggle because Amen. it's, 
it, it's so much of what it means to be a man in today's <laughs> society. I, I mean, and how you how you man up or man up by taking care of your family and showing up at work, to work every day. It's it, there's there's a huge dichotomy in in mm. all of this and in, in our struggles on a daily basis. I'm I'm excited to be here. It's a great forum. Thank you for having me once again. And, Thank you for having us all. Thank you so much, uh, Donnie, for, for that introduction. And thank, and that. thank you both for your service <laughs> and, and fact, uh, as, as well. From, from a spiritual perspective, right, we were talking about, before we got into the studio, we're having this conversation about what it actually means to, to, to be a man. A, a lot of us, you know, men have been conditioned that being a man is, you know, showing that you, you're tough, showing that you're, you know, you, you don't have to show emotions, right? You can't be vulnerable. You can't you can't show your, your weak side. Um, and what a lot of what this has resulted in is that we suppress these feelings to the point where we can't take it anymore, and then we start letting it out in various ways. I mean, there's so many articles that you know have shown how you know men get to a point they can't take it, and they unfortunately right take it out on themselves. They they commit suicide, and, and Tim mentioned the suicide rate, which we're going to be uh, uh, talking about here in, in a little bit. But why is it, Pastor E, that? Why do men suffer uh, with expressing their emotions or, or showing their, their vulnerabilities in, in your opinion? I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, just from the counseling that I get to do, whether it's with men, um, teenage boys, um, adolescent boys, the one thing that they all have in common is that, and, and I went through this myself, you know, we, were, we are encouraged as, as young boys, adolescent, uh, uh, teenagers, men, to kind of narrow down our range of emotions as we're growing up. You know, we, we're always told to be tough. You know, suck it up. Don't cry. Don't, don't you know, you, what, what do you mean emotions? The only emotion you need to show is, in, is anger. So when you get mad and you get up and you, and, and you go, you press forward and you, you know, you conquer whatever it is you need to conquer. Well, there's some truth to all of that. You know, you, you, your emotions uh, are something that are God-given. Your emotions are, are something that God fully intends for you to experience and to use. It's just how. Um, you know, we tell a kid, don't cry because they fell down and hurt themselves. You're a boy. Be a man. Don't cry. Well, you're not allowing that, that young man to experience those range of emotions that may make them sad. They may make them hurt. There's, there's diversity in people, so there's diversity in emotions. So when we have those diversities, and but yet we, we take one and we narrow it down to this is the only one you can use as a boy, then we start to warp young men as they get older because then they start to think, well, the only emotion that I actually have is one called anger. Well, what about sadness? Mm -hmm. What about joyfulness? You know, we go through euphoria when we, like, as a young man, you have a child, right? You and your wife, you have a kid. You're on top of the world. You think, man, this is great. And then all of a sudden, you come back down to this level because you're not supposed to be that happy. Yeah. You know, well, what about the responsibilities that come? How about enjoying the moment of joy and, and excitement and happiness and fulfillment mm -hmm that you're having right now because here's a birth that you and your your spouse created this somebody that's like, that's part you and part her and why aren't you just excited about that yeah. kind of stuff well it's just because we're not taught it and, and if i may even in the church yeah even in the church right now you know we don't want you to get too excited you're not right. supposed to be excited in right. church what's wrong with you yeah. instead of saying well, why not? Because, I mean, when I look in the Psalms, David danced before the That's Lord. Right. David played the tambourine. He shouted. He, he had a grand old party in, in, before the Lord. But what we're teaching people is, hey, shh, that's too much. You need to calm down. Yeah. 
instead of saying, well, let them experience God with the range of emotions yeah. that they have, and as long as it's, as we'd like to say, decent yeah. and in order, we have to put that into context. Yeah. You know, I want our kids at our church, I tell our kids all the time, you know what, we love you, I'm proud of you, yeah. we're all proud of you. If you cry, it's okay. Yeah. If you get angry, it's okay. But let's talk about it. Yeah. Let, let's, you know what, come, get it out of your system. Yeah. And so we can help you process those emotions, because guess what? You haven't been through them yet like That's I've right. been through them. That's right. And I haven't been through them like, like Tim has been through them. You know what I'm saying? So there are things that we can all learn from one yeah. another, but we gotta, we got to put it in its proper context yeah. and yeah. stop making young boys feel like they're a girl if they yeah. have a range of emotions. So then as they get older and they get into college, yeah. they start to think that they have certain liberties that they should be able to take right. because I'm a man. Yeah. And that's yeah. false. Yeah. Hey, Tim, let me get your perspective a little bit about, you know, the societal pressure, right? I mean, from your experience and being through, you shared, you shared uh, you know, some stats about, you know, the suicide rates and how, how difficult is it to live, you know, up to that, you know, pressure? I mean, you're a guy and you're, you're hurting, but then society expects you to act a certain way. Mm. What's your reaction to that vision, your experience of uh, fighting this in the military? Um, you know, I can really only speak from my own personal experience. I, I don't have any letters after my name. I'm not any sort of an expert, and I come from a much more secular place than yeah. anybody else in the room, I feel. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, my personal story, coming up through the military, um, it was always bred into us, you suck it up. You keep moving. Uh even physical injuries, not just the mental or emotional injuries, even the physical injuries, you sucked it up and you kept moving forward because you had to continue on mission, do what it was that you were supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. and there was no time for you to take care of yourself and, and, and st take that step back and physically recover or emotionally recover. Mm -hmm. um, me personally, uh, what, what pushed me over the edge was I, I, I've wound up in a very bad situation mm. with a chain of command that was unsupportive of any of the sailors that worked for him, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt very betrayed. Um, mm. And, and that, that feeling of betrayal is what eventually pushed me to the point that I was at where I, I had to tap out and I, I reported myself to the medical department and said, listen, it, there's something going on with me, and it's it, it's going to be me or somebody else, right. but something needs to happen, and it needs to happen quickly. Uh, so I was removed from that situation. Fortunately, the Navy took very good care of me and offered me that medical retirement to allow me to uh, move on with my life. Uh, since then, I've been able to expand exponentially in my own understanding of my emotions and and like the pastor was saying about you know raising our boys i'm yeah. i'm the father of three stepfather of one i've got four boys that i'm bringing up in my life every single day and um you're absolutely right we i find myself sometimes doing it and i catch myself oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and i tell myself hey you, you gotta let them experience those emotions you, you tell them to calm down you're telling them to bottle up and that's exactly what led you to the place that you were at yeah. so wow. you need to take that step wow. back and, and understand you know what little man hurt himself or he's yeah. upset about something teach them how to properly channel it as mm -hmm. opposed to see. bottling it yeah. up. Yeah. And, and that is the, the biggest piece that I see personally as a father and, and as a veteran. Uh, we don't have enough teaching of that, how to direct it and how to how to channel it into something more productive. Um, and, and honestly, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hatcher, let me get your thoughts about, about the same, about your own experiences and your perspective about how we men are supposed to uh, to, to handle our emotions. 
So, so once again, you know, in, in everything that everyone has said so far has been dead on point. Um, for me, as I was listening, one of the things that, that just really resonated in my, my heart was that we have not taught our young men how to manage their emotions. So as you see, we're still learning as we go. Oh, yes. So, so always, my wife, learning. always learning. My wife does it to me now. She says, use your words. Use your words. And, and so as, as, as young men, we have always been taught, no, you bottle your words. But, but so now what I find is that when I find the words to go with the emotions that I'm having, now, now I, can, I can get that out, first of all, yeah. instead of allowing it to be internalized to the point to, because if it don't come out, it's just like, it's, it's just like if you take a Coca-Cola yeah. that's in a bottle and you shake it up yeah. <laughs> and you don't ever take that top off, you know, it's going to, but if you take that top off, yeah. it's going to go everywhere. That's right. And that's the way it is with our emotions. You know, we're shaking up to the point to where we're going to pop. Yeah. And, and if we don't know how to manage yes. it, if we don't know how to talk about it, then, then we'll find ourselves in some unique situations. Yes. Like, like uh, my friend here is talking about a military experience. Yeah. I was in the Army. And, you know, once again... Your, your chain of command look at you as a number, if I can say it this way. Yes. Hey, you're, you're a body. Yes. But I need you to do what you need to do. I don't need to hear that you're hurt. I'm jumping out of an airplane and, you know, full combat gear, and we hit the ground, and we got a 12-mile run. And so in order to make the time, we had to run most of it. And so I got a 60-pound ruck on my back with all my other stuff, and it's just pounding me in my back. And I get back, and I can barely walk. Yep. And I tried to tell them that, you know, I was hurt. No, suck it up. Mm. Don't you go and get checked out. And, and as a result, ever since then, I've had back issues that caused me to end up having to get out of the military mm. before my time. Yep. And so even that, there wasn't a range of emotions that mm. came with that. that did, I didn't know how to express because I was upset. Mm. And, and so, you know, you have, to, you, you have to learn how to deal with those things because if you don't, eventually you get to the point to where you find yourself in a situation at the wrong time and it all comes mm -hmm. out the wrong way. Mm -hmm. yeah. how, many t how many times when you were in the Army did you have somebody within a chain of command say, hey, I need four bodies for this, yeah. I need ten bodies for mm -hmm. this? You know, that's something my wife, who's active duty Navy as well, she and I have these conversations all the time. And and within the military community, we have to get away from that because they're not just bodies. They're they're men and women. They're right, somebody's right. mother. They're somebody's right. son. They're somebody's father. Yes, sir. We have to get away from that. And I'm sure you heard it a thousand times a day the same mm -hmm. way I did. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that the military in general needs to get away from. Yeah. And I think in support, I like uh, Dr. Sonny's uh, analogy there. It's, it's about managing our emotions. Emotions themselves aren't bad, right? right. We're created with mm -hmm. these emotions. They're an intrinsic part of our DNA. They help dictate our, our thoughts, intentions, and our actions. It, so in and of itself, they're, they're, it's not bad. It's, it's the negative emotions, the anger, the yeah. stress. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. You're driving and someone cuts in front of you. You know, what do you do, right? Or you're, you know, you're, you're tired and you, you get home and you, you're, the last thing you want to do is grin. And your kids do something. H how do you react to that right um, and there's research that shows and the reason we're talking about this from the perspective of men is that we men are we we we, we tend to manage these things very differently one study of more than 4,000 hospital patients who had engaged in self-harm found for example that the men had higher levels of suicidal intent than the women 
And so that's why we're, we're trying to focus on, on ads because I think the rate of these uh, emotional backlashes, if you will, are much higher uh, than women. And so if you're a woman, you're asking yourself, is this a man show? No. If you have a husband, if you have a, a, a son, if you have a brother, if you have a, a nephew or an uncle, this impacts you as much as it does us. So, um, and that's what we need everybody else to support. But let me, let me come back to uh, Daniel a little bit. You and I were talking a couple of days ago, and you're talking about managing emotions as a, as a part of leadership. Correct. Right. Can Correct. You, can, can you can you can you add a little bit? Can you share a little bit about that? I will. Me? I will. Yeah. Uh, and at, at first, though, how about this, fellas? Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> rub rub <laughs> some dirt in it. Yes, sir. Come on. <laughs> rub some dirt in it. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. Now, um, you know, just do some burpees. It'll be okay, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, emotions. Are they're our enemy? They're our asset. They're our biggest enemy. They're our our, our biggest asset um, and and how we cope with them and and it it's a a level of passion too in in, in my opinion so you know from a, from a leadership standpoint right there leadership is the problem leadership is the solution when it comes to this and how we self-lead how we lead ourselves and become the leaders that we look at that we we emulate and put on pedestals mm -hmm. and we're, we can never be those leaders, but we need to be that type of leader to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's how we start to manage our emotions. And once again, I have no PhDs. I'm my own lab rat. Uh, when, it, when it comes to this, uh, I, I, spend my, I spend my time reading and, and listening and studying my own self and my own pitfalls mm -hmm. in, in life. Mm -hmm. As men, we are taught that, hey, let's cope with our emotions mm -hmm. by drinking. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm a very big man, so I'm really going to drink. I'm the biggest man in the room. I'm going to outdrink you. And then tomorrow, I'm not going to get up and go to work. That's how much of a man I am. Mm -hmm. And now what happens to our family at that point right. in time? Mm -hmm. And look at that whole new bag of emotions mm -hmm. we're dealing with yeah. because we just lost our job because we were proving how big of a man we were yeah. when we were out drinking. <laughs> Coping with those emotions. Yeah. We didn't apply some... some um, emotional management yeah. mm -hmm. and some self-leadership yes. at that mm -hmm. point in time and and that's what we're not being good to ourselves as being leaders so leaders to ourselves and and that that happens within in life and, and with our young men mm -hmm. our young men aren't being led properly by men that weren't aren't weren't good leaders to themselves and, and so on and the chain right. is right. ding 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 yeah, all, all the way down yeah, yes and that's how I apply leadership to managing my emotions. I use them, I use my raw emotions to fuel me yeah. and to drive me yeah. mm -hmm. to, to succeed and to win, ultimately, mm -hmm. yeah. at this point in time. Now, I, I share them. I have a 14-year-old daughter. So it, I, I have a world of emotion going on around my, in, 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 in my life. So Let me come back to... Uh, um, to you, to you both, from from a spiritual perspective, and I think it's important to realize that the fact that you're 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 spiritual doesn't make you immu immune to some of these uh, emotional pressures themselves, right? We're looking at an article here that, uh, and these things happen daily. But here is one that I I uh, I, I, I was sharing uh, with these young men a little while ago about a pastor uh, who shot his wife at church. Uh, this happened in Mobile, Alabama last week. Uh, killed himself um, after he shot his wife. Um, 
and he was sharing that he had some, you know, there were some issues going on between him and his wife, and you know, he was trying to get her to counseling and couldn't couldn't bring himself to it. His friend, who was at the scene when he did this, I mean, described this man as a as a very you know nice guy, right? He was he had a great sense of humor. Uh, he helped him out, but not one time did this guy express uh, what he was dealing with or the challenges that he was dealing with. What, what do you think of that? I mean, you'd think that as a pastor or as a, as a, as a spiritual person, right, he would, he would have this under control. But as it turns out, this affects, you know, folks from all walks of life, whether you're, you're a spiritual person or whether you're not. But what are your thoughts about that? You mean, take this, can I take a shot at this? Yeah, go ahead. Can I? Can we be fully transparent? That's, that's what it's all about. Okay, because see, I, I ask that question all the time because in the faith community, sometimes when you're fully transparent, you scare people to death and they think, oh my gosh. Well, I'm not the man I used to be, right? None of us are. That's, that's what I was, right? And my emotions played big into all of that because I thought that growing up as a young man that I should have the things that I see other people have. Why can't I have them? It doesn't matter if I'm black or not. It doesn't matter if I go to church or not. I should be able to have the same thing that my white friends have. So what I started to do is I started to suppress emotions mm. that were in me during that time. When I knew I was doing stuff wrong, when I knew I wasn't living quite right up to the standard that was set in my household, uh, I suppressed all of my emotions. I started to go numb. And let me just tell you, you start suppressing emotions, you go numb. Coming back from it is not easy because you just stay numb. It's easier to burn a little bit. You burn a little bit easier when you're numb because you don't feel it always, right? That's right. So then all of a sudden, here it is. Now I, God calls me to be a preacher. I'm like, no, that's my dad's gig. That's not my gig. I don't have time for all of that. I'm still trying to live my life. And what I found out was that God's God's plan was bigger than mine. So when I look at this, this pastor, um, Fred, that you were just talking about, who shot mm -hmm. his wife and mm -hmm. then killed himself. Mm -hmm. I'm not shocked by it. That's our problem. We're shocked by it because we think that pastors are on this yeah. pedestal yeah. and we don't hurt and we don't have problems and we don't have issues. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you, brother, something. I, I, I don't have a job. I've been out of work for two months. And I had a very good job making very good money along with being a pastor. But what I had to learn is I had to learn how to take my emotions that were flooding me at mm. one point in time and put them at the feet of God and say, Lord, hey, look, you know, if I go back to being me, this ain't going to be pretty. Right. This is this is this is going to be one ugly situation. Right. So I need you to come in. I need you to take that over. And you know what? Little and little, little by little. He corrected me. He calmed me. He kept me. He helped me to give have an outlet to manage right. yeah. my emotions. Right. So I'd hit the gym, and I'd be sore as I don't know what the next day. and it, Because I, that's all I did when I was yeah. in college. I worked out, I played football, I ran track, did all those things, and life came, and all this other stuff started happening. But I want, let me get back to the, this pastor, though. When we learned that God has full reasons for us to have emotions, we'll set them at his feet, and mm -hmm. you know what? We'll learn how to live in them. Mm -hmm. We'll learn how to absolutely, we don't have to suppress them. We don't even have to fix them. He fixes them. He teaches us how to manage them, right. how to cope with them, how to deal with them, how to deal with them. That the ones that are in our family, hey, bro, I got two daughters and a son, mm -hmm. and I love them dearly. And you know what? They have taught me so much yeah. about how to manage theirs. But from a pastoral standpoint, it's pressure yeah. mm -hmm. being a, the leader, 
going back to that leadership. Yeah, yeah. It's pressure being a leader of a church. That's why more pastors need to be more transparent about right. their own yeah. struggles. Because right. if you are, like I've told my congregation about who I used to be. Yeah. And I said, but you know what? I'm not that person That's anymore. Right. This is who I am. This is who God has cleaned me up and made me into being, right? But that don't change who I used yeah. to be. That was that's still there. That's yeah. you know it's still a part of my DNA, if you will. But when we start getting transparent and really telling people about our struggles, mm -hmm. do you realize more people kind of go, "Hey, dog, I got the same that's stuff." Right. That's right. Wow. And then yes. you know what? You start connecting. <laughs> then it doesn't matter whether you go to church and don't mm -hmm. go to church, or mm -hmm. you. Yeah, we want everybody to go to church. But that's that's not the that's not the primary thing. The primary thing now becomes I'm able to reach across right. and talk to my man Tim, talk to Donnie, and be able to say, "Yo." Man, I'm going through the same thing. I, I need your help. I need yeah. your wisdom. I need your advice on how you dealt with it. Then it helps me to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. And then I don't have to feel like I'm by myself. Yeah. You know, you touched on When I think about it, 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 it speaks to allowing yourself to be vulnerable. There is Always. some level of vulnerability yes. right, that, that you have to show. Whether you're you know, a pastor of a church where people look up to you and wonder if you, you have the same problems that they're feeling. <laughs> it comes with a certain level of vulnerability. Yes. right? And that's really what the challenge is for a lot of us men. We don't want to show our soft side because we're going to be called wimps, we're going to be called snag, sensitive new age guy, all sorts of interesting terms out there, <laughs> some of which I really can't say on air. Uh, but but Dr. Hatchett, let me ask, how easy it is to let your guard down, especially when society has this high expectation of you. Oh man, you're you're you can you can't really show you know your your, your soft side. How, how 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 difficult is that to deal with that kind of challenge, right? By allowing yourself to be vulnerable to you know letting your brother know, man, I'm hurting. How easy it is, or how difficult it is to, to let your guard down in, in that situation. So you want to talk about pressure? Those <laughs> <laughs> pipes, bro. Yeah, it, you. That's real pressure right there because, once again, you know, in one way, form, or another, we've been taught. We've been taught that you don't let your guard down. Mm -hmm. And so now you're talking about being vulnerable to the, to, the, to the point of telling someone that you really have an issue. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so now there's that, there's, there's that pride side of you that, 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 that steps in and says, I can't let anyone know this mm -hmm. because now they're going to look at me less or, or look, I'm going to perceive that they're going to look at me less than what I am. And, and so, so once again, because we have this outlook of ourselves, now when, when, we, when we think about allowing someone in, we're worried about what they're going to think about us. And, and I find that that's one of the greatest bondages that a person can have is the fact of thinking of themselves so highly that now if I tell you that I have a struggle and if you look at me a certain way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cower down. Mm -hmm. but, but I've lived that life, you know, and I've been in that place and it only allowed me to be in a deeper hole. Absolutely. And it gets darker and darker and darker and you will never find your way out until you get to the place where you can conquer that and say, you know what? This place that I've been is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to tell somebody and that's why it is so good to find someone that you can trust mm. that you can open up to that's not going to be judgmental on you and say, you know what? You know you're not supposed mm -hmm. to be there. I already know that. That's right. <laughs> I already know that. But yet they're going to allow you to express yourself. And this is one thing that God is teaching me is that, you know, even when people come to talk to me about their issues, 
I cannot create an atmosphere that is so so tense because it's already tense. I need to create an atmosphere where they can come and freely talk and be willing to talk. You know, and and, and just allow them to express themselves yep. because now that's going to give them the freedom, you know, to feel comfortable. And then at the same time, as the pastor has said, you be transparent. Look, man, hey, I struggle with the same thing. You know, yeah. and so how likely now if I come to one of you all and say, exactly. hey, I struggle with the same thing, man, you're going to be more prone to talk to me. Yeah. Or even if it's not the same thing, that I struggle with something. Absolutely. You know, because as a pastor, most people look at us and be like, oh, he got his whole life yeah. is together. Yeah. <laughs> man, let yeah. me tell you. But, but that's not the case. But when people find out that you're human just like that's right. them, that's right. just because I'm a pastor don't mean that I'm exempt or mm -hmm. from, from all this stuff. As a matter of fact, if you really knew the call that was on my life, you will see that I have a whole lot of stuff that's coming against me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, but I tell people all the time, hey, look, just because I'm a pastor don't mean that I don't have issues. I have issues just like the next person. It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Tim, I want to follow up with you uh, on this. Uh, so I think part of the problem here is a lack of self-awareness, really. Mm. Oftentimes you have mm. folks who are, who are doing things just because they're not self-aware of their own blind spots. And this has to do with uh, with leadership sometimes, right? You have leaders who are, who are leading, who are managing their folks, not realizing their own blind spots, right? And so they, they, we go into meetings and leaders are acting and you're wondering, is this really a leader? But self-awareness, the lack of self-awareness here is, is one of the main issues here. Um, and you shared some statistics, which I, I want to I wanna follow up on here. Uh, let me pull, pull my information here. But uh, it shows here, uh, Tim, that there, Suicide, uh, according to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. In uh, 2018, 48,000 Americans died by suicide. In 2017, there were an estimated 1.4 million suicide attempts. Uh, and men are four times uh, more often, uh, more likely to, to commit suicide. And in 2015, suicide and injury cost the United States a whopping 69 billion dollars um and it, on average it also shares with about 129 suicides per day you shared a few stats uh, about suicide rates in, in the military can you share a little bit about that and, and what drives us to that point well you know uh, I, I really wish i knew um i know last year uh from the statistics that the u.s navy had its highest suicide rate that it's had on in, in record since they started recording that as a statistic um, and there there's a lot of different theories a lot of people talking about what's going on with that in fact my neighbor actually works for a command that is in charge of studying these types of things and trying to figure out how to help prevent it uh, and within the veteran community there's 22 per day as I mentioned earlier in the show and there's a lot of information that people just don't know about. There are resources that they can reach out to. There are phone numbers, the crisis hotlines for strictly for veterans that a lot of veterans don't even know exist. Um, a few months ago, there was a, a veteran who sat in the parking lot of a VA hospital and killed himself in the parking lot of the hospital because he couldn't get the care that he needed. Um, and that individual, who knows? Maybe that individual knew what the crisis hotline was and just 
chose not to use it. Maybe they didn't know. But the only way we can reduce these numbers is to have forums like this and talk to each other and as you all were talking about, being transparent and saying, hey, I have a problem. You know, uh, I'm going to say something here that probably Donnie doesn't even know about me, and he and I have known each other for a couple years now. Uh, 2016, I, I was hospitalized because I made an attempt. Um, I was in a very dark place. The doctors that I were seeing had me on some medications that were not working well for me, and I continued to collapse into a very dark place. Fortunately for me, uh, my family was very supportive. Uh, my wife, Lynn, absolutely took care of me during that time. And I, I had people that I could reach out to. This is while I was still active duty military. Uh, I had, I, we, we call each other brother from another mother. Uh, my, my, one of my fellow chief petty officers, uh, George Holden, he and I uh, were stationed together for six years, three different commands. We just stuck with each other. Uh, and the day that I had my attempt, he actually came and took care of my kids so my wife could get me to the hospital. That's how close we are. Um, but without having that individual, without having those people around me, that support structure, I probably would have been able to continue on and, and, and actually commit suicide. I wouldn't be here having this wow. conversation right now. Wow. So it's, it, it's, um, it's something that we all need to speak more about, be more open about. Um, I, I, hit it, I hit it for several years. Yeah. Uh, I, I was embarrassed. I, I was ashamed yeah. that I had gone that far. Yeah. So I hit it. Uh, like I said, Donnie, who I've known for several years, I think I just blew his mind. I don't think Not he really. knew that about me. <laughs> so it, it, it's... Um, it's just one of those things. The more we talk about it, the more information we can get out, the more people we can help. Absolutely. And that support system is really, really, really important, right? Because you have, you know, folks, other, several other men who can't even come out because they, you know, they, they, they feel like they're going to be ostracized, they're going to be criticized. And so there's really not the courage uh, to, to come up and say, uh, you know, you need help. You, there's someone you know is struggling with this. Please get help. We're not trying to, 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 to solve this problem. Uh, none of us are doctors and we don't claim to be, but get help. If you're in crisis, uh, there's, a, there's a helpline, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. I'll contact the crisis text helpline by texting TALK to 741-741. Please get help. And if folks are in your family or in your life that are that, that need the help, please support them because you just don't know, mm -hmm. uh, like Tim, whose life you might save by just extending or being empathetic uh, to the plight. But, Donnie, uh, let me come back to you here because you touched on something early on about, about alcohol, right? And there's research that shows that uh, there tends to be more substance use and alcohol, alcohol use by males, which may just reflect the distress that they're feeling. Uh, but we don't even know how it compounds the issue uh, of suicide. It also says as men are likely twice as women to meet the criteria for alcohol dependence. Uh, but drinking, it says, that can actually deepen depression and increase impulsive behaviors and alcoholism, which is also a known risk factor uh, for suicide. I was really reading somewhere that says that there are about 6 million men dealing with depression but aren't able, one, either they're not self-aware or can't come out to say that they're, they're dealing with depression because, again, you know, you're a man. You're not supposed to, be, to deal with depression. Well, what are your thoughts about that? Well, a, a lot of men, they cope with alcohol. That, that is your coping me mechanism at that point in time. <laughs> and, and your self-talk. You can talk yourself into something or you can talk yourself out of it right, right there as far as that goes. Um, you, you know... 
when you cope with alcohol, you're you're always you're you're running away from anything. But mm-hmm. alcohol, hey, it, it's our friend. You look at it on every commercial. It's your friend. Um, it, it, there's nothing bad about it. It's it's look, everybody's having fun. They're having alcohol. Hey, uh, you know, in the 1960s, every meeting is done. Every ad that we've seen that was all that all came out from with people drinking. Yeah, a rough day at work, yeah, two drinks. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you, you, know, you know, Friday, you have a couple of drinks with everybody after work. Sooner or later, Friday starts on Thursday. <laughs> and then Thursday moves to Wednesday. And and that that's how you're coping with things. Mm-hmm. Now, in the construction industry, in the, and I see it all over the place, in the con- especially in, in the construction staffing business, and I want to touch on something. There is a statistic in the construction industry. It's got one of the highest suicide rates. Mm-hmm. In in the I don't know the numbers. I just read it recently, and uh, it's it's one of the largest suicide rates. It's number two, number three in the nation as far as construction workers go. The pressure's there. You you're, you're dealing with uh, when you're running a project and this project needs to get done. There are people pushing you mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. points. That you, you can't even comprehend, and and it it weighs people down. They turn to alcohol, as far as that goes. I know I've been doing this for seven years, for seven uh, for six and a half of it, I get stressed or want to celebrate or anything like that. I'm crawling into a bottle. Now I, I quit drinking myself back in November, and, and I didn't drink every day. But man, when I drink, I don't go half speed at anything <laughs> i rip it up I, I i get a bottle i had to go i had to start getting the little travel bottles because i like to finish what i started so <laughs> it didn't matter how big of a bottle i had to shrink to the little bottle so i could you know at least go okay well i'll finish it but then i might pick up about eight or ten of those little bottles too right, right. so um and and with uh, clear eyes and being a hundred percent transparent with yourself mm-hmm. i love what you just said too uh about that and and being a a, a pastor and so forth yeah. and and you, you know, you're teaching your, con- your your congregation you're a leader well mm-hmm. you're you're learning from your congregation i'm sure on a, on a daily basis mm-hmm. as far as that goes and those struggles made you stronger yeah. mm-hmm. they made you better and mm-hmm. every time you are a little vulnerable and you tell somebody something like that you stack a win mm-hmm. and and that's also how we manage our emotions by by gratitude Stacking wins. I get up every morning at four thirty. Most people don't. I do. I get up to to read, meditate, get my study on, and get right with my gratitude in the morning before everybody else is up and before my phone starts ringing <laughs> because it usually starts at about six thirty-seven in the morning with people going to work. I get a workout on, so I'm in the right mind, and I I chart every one of those right there. The bang, bang, bang. And, and I go through my gratitudes. I, I do my best every day to, to, to thank God for five, six things in my life. And you start to find your life going better, going better. Tony, I, I, like, I like what you shared by stacking your wins. So I think you and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. Yes. Um, I like the way that and it's been too. shown that gratitude is actually one of the most powerful ways to fight or to deal with those negative emotions. So going back to what Pastor Eric was sharing early on about, you know, how, you know, with, with the job situation and all that, oftentimes when we're hit, right, with situations like that, immediately we start thinking about all the things that, that are going wrong in our lives, right? And we tend to forget the simple things that we take for granted. The fact that you're alive, the fact that you're, you have a family, the fact that you're healthy, the fact that you have friends, you know, 
think about all the things that you have that are going well for you versus the things that aren't going so well. And once you have that, once you focus on that, there's a shift that starts to take place in your own life. And before you know it, you know, there's a new sense of euphoria, right? You're not living in that in that state, on that negative state that you're that you're in right now. So I like how stacking your wins, um, you know, can really help you. But coming back to you, Pastor Harry, you and I were talking this afternoon, and you, you said one thing that it actually takes strength, contrary to what a lot of people believe. It actually takes a strong man uh, to 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 show your emotions, or or to, for example, to cry. Mm -hmm. can, can you expand on that a little bit? Because that's really it goes against every fiber of a grain or everything that we've been taught. Real men don't cry, or boys don't cry. But you you tend to think differently. Uh, yeah, why's that? I think if you ask my congregation, they'll tell you that I'm a crier, and I'm a crier out of gratitude. Mm. Yeah, you you just Donnie, you just hit something, and I'll I'll, I'll say it about it later, but. It does. It takes a. It takes strength in a man to absolutely show their emotions. Mm -hmm. It it's it's easy to hide them. It's easy to plant them in a bottle. Mm -hmm. It's easy to plant them with a woman. Mm -hmm. It's easy to to plant them in your job. You know what I'm saying? Just to lose yourself in all the things that are around you and just just kind of like never deal with them. That's the easy part. The hard part is to admit that you got emotions. Mm -hmm. That you're hurting, mm -hmm. that you know what I want to cry right now. I don't. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to smile. I just want to cry because I'm hurting because of something that was said or something that was done or or, or in, in some cases something that was done to somebody that I actually care about, and I feel sad about it. And me being sad makes me want to cry for them, not even for myself. It's for them. And so it takes it takes a real man of strength, true character strength to be able to say, you know what, it's okay if I cry. It doesn't make me less of a person. Mm -hmm. Because here's the other thing. Here's the thing that just really gets me. Now, man, we'll go get in our truck or our car and, and we'll... You'll turn the radio on and we'll put the head down and we'll just start shaking like this. and Because we want everybody to think we're laughing, but we're crying our eyes out. Versus... Or, or with our wives. We can be vulnerable as I don't know what with our wives. And we can cry when things are really bad. We can cry our eyes out. But we won't cry around our boys. Yeah. And you know why we won't cry around our boys? Because we've never been taught that it was okay. Yeah. okay. Because we've always been taught, man, if you cry around them, they're going to yeah. call you a sissy. They're going to call you a punk. They're going to call you all kinds of names. But then it forces you to ask yourself the question, are these really my boys? Because if these are friends of mine, you may joke me the first time. Yeah. But then when you really see that I'm hurting... You back off and you're like, yo, how can I help you? How can I be there for you? And can, can I share something, though, yes. about stacking wins? So I've been out of work. And I, I, I don't lie to people, man. I, me and God have some real strong conversations mm -hmm. where there ain't nobody around. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> like you, I, that, Lord, I had all this worked out. Everything was going great. Mm. Why did you allow this to happen? And I tell my congregation this all the time. I'm like, yo. God always says to me, this is the, this is what it's always come to. Eric, do you trust me? Mm. Eric, do you trust me? And I'm like, yes, I trust you. Then start looking at all the things I am doing for you and stop thinking about the one or two things that I, you think I took from you. Solomon says in the Bible, there's, there's, there, uh, there's a season for everything mm -hmm. that's under the sun. There, there's a reason and a season, right? And God has been showing me, yo, man, you need to chill out. 
I think this is how God would really say it to me if he was audible like right now. He'd be like, you need to calm your simple butt down because you're getting all excited and overreacting to things. I got this under control. And so I started stacking my wins. I started looking at what should I be grateful for. I got a, there's a, I have the privilege of serving a church congregation that loves me enough to tell me the truth. When I'm wrong, they're straight up telling to me. They ain't no, well, he's a pastor. They don't care. They just come out and tell me. I have a wife that will love me through anything. I have family that will love me right. through anything. Yep. I have children that will love me enough to tell me, hey, dad, pop, you whatever, you wrong. You, that's wrong. I've experienced a myriad of emotions just from going through my gratitude, yep. like stacking my wins with my gratitude. Yep. And what I'm learning really a lot from it is that God cares enough about me to put me around you, brothers. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. See? That, and see, I don't know that we we don't ever think like that because see, in the church community, we're hey, you know, we're mm -hmm. we're super holy right now. Oh yeah, yeah, we nothing is wrong. But I'm sitting around you two, and I'm going, yo, these guys are dealing with the same stuff I'm dealing yeah. with. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, it's just it's real, and 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 then the strength that it takes for me to for us. I'm just saying this, no no disrespect to anybody, but for us as pastors who get put up on a pedestal yeah. at times, do you know how much strength it takes for us to for us to get down off the pedestal, yeah. knowing that people are going to get a little irate because you got down off of the pedestal. Or for us to say that, yo, we are we're struggling, we are dealing with some stuff in our life. We want to tell y'all, but we're so afraid that if we tell you the truth, that you are going to ostracize us like you just don't know. Yeah. I know pastors right now that will not tell their congregation of the deepest, darkest yeah. things that they yeah. got going on mm -hmm. in their life right now because they're more afraid that their congregation is going to ostracize yeah. them mm -hmm. versus trusting God through yeah. all of it. Wow. And that's it's hard, yeah. though, man. I mean, and your emotions well up. Yeah. You go from sad to distraught to now mad as I don't know yeah. what because I want to fight all yeah. of you that's now right. and I'm that's big right. enough to fight all of you. And so you go through all these, these yeah. things and then guess what we do? Believe it or not. They're pastors that turn right to the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. pastors that turn right to a substance. Yeah. We just don't show you. just don't see it because yeah. the only time you see them really is on Sunday. Exactly. But they're, they're struggling. That's why I tell all the pastors, I'm like, yo, listen. If you don't walk with a limp sometimes, I really don't trust you. Mm. Because it tells me that you don't have any problems in yeah. your life. Yeah. And I know that if you're, if you're a man of God, you've gone through some struggles yeah. in your life. So just be real yeah. so we can all learn how to get along together and we can stop fighting over yeah. dumb stuff. You know, you talk about the, uh, you know, how we, we, we go from, you know, mad to anger to, to all sorts of things. And uh, research shows that prolonged bouts of anger can take mm. a toll on the body in the form of high blood pressure, stress, anxiety, headaches, and poor circulation. Here is one. It says one five-minute episode of anger. One five-minute episode can impair your immune system for about more than six hours. Gosh, By just wow. getting allowing yourself That's to get crazy. upset for five for five minutes, that can impair. And oftentimes we don't even realize it, but your immune system is down for about six hours, mm. and all these issues can lead to more serious problems such as heartaches and strokes, and sometimes even death. Mm. Uh, so you, we were talking about vulnerability a while ago, and and the challenges with phones because sometimes if you you know perhaps you've you know allowed yourself to be a little vulnerable, maybe mm. you've confided in a friend who's was probably let you down or, or, or maybe judged you for who you are. And, and it kind of shocks you a little bit. The saying goes that once bitten, twice shy, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're, 
you don't even want to go confide in someone else anymore because the first time you tried it, you're 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 not received with with that. How does someone deal with that, right? So you have all these things, you know, swirling in you. You want to share with someone, but you're afraid or scared or perhaps not wanting to to let your your guard down because you've been you've been shut. How, how do you how how does one deal with uh with with a situation like that? So, so I think for me. Uh, one of the things is I, I have to get to the place, first of all, where I can look past myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. Uh, when, I, when I take the focus off me, then, mm -hmm. then I, can, I can get to the place to where I realize and understand that maybe if I, if I do get to the place where I'm a little vulnerable, that I can help someone else out. What I have found is that most of the time when I am vulnerable, it brings a sense of relief for the person that I'm talking to. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, knowing that it brings a sense of release for the person that I'm, I'm talking to, you know, now that, to be honest with you, it encourages me more to know that, guess what? Maybe there is something to this being vulnerable because there's a whole lot of people out there that are hurting and looking for a way out. And if I can share with one person that, hey, look, you're not alone in this. Guess what? I, I struggle just like you do. That gives them a, out, a way to where they can open up now and be like, you know what? There is somebody out there that, that I can talk to and not feel like the worst thing on this earth as a result of, of what I, I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. You know, because we all find ourselves at, in times where we have some stuff going on that we just, whoo, that's just not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just not good. But but at the time, you know, once again, when you when you find that one person that, you know, this person was real with me. I, my kids used to say, Dad, keep it 100. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I found that when you keep it 100, people are more prone and, and, and open to you yeah. because now it allows them to be open. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's going to take. Yeah. It's going to take us dropping our guard, stop trying to walk around like we're holier than thou, mm -hmm. or we have mm -hmm. it all together mm -hmm. like our stuff don't stink. Mm -hmm. and, and if we be real and we be real about it, man, people can get set free. Yes, right. You know, mm -hmm. simply by being being open and honest mm -hmm. about what's going on that's one right. way or another. Mm -hmm. Transparency. Right, transparency. What does the Bible say? The Bible says it was surely on a man's heart. That's right. Out of his well, they all come out. One come out. Out. Come come out. out. You suppress it. They say when you when you try to shout, it doesn't go away. It, it goes into into you know various places, and it's going to come out often in uh, in ways that uh, that aren't good. But maybe let me start with uh, you two. If, Donnie, there's probably someone out there maybe who's dealing with you know something you know maybe struggling with an emotional issue, and as a man and you know, doesn't know how to handle it, right? Perhaps they're afraid that if they come out, they'll be called. A, so what what advice, maybe in maybe about a, a minute or so, and I'll have everyone take turns here, but again, what would you tell, you know, someone out there uh, who's, who's struggling with this, with this issue? Well, first, what both of you have been saying is a perfect example of leadership credibility right there. You've been vulnerable, you've given it out, and look at the people, how they're responding. That's leadership credibility. Mm -hmm. You have, yeah. uh, and... And, and that's right, Every, everything that you're saying, you, you've got to speak. You've got, you yeah. got to speak it out. Channel, channel it. Channel those emotions. Yeah. If, if, you, if you don't have anybody to talk to, go for a run. Exhaust yourself to the point where you can't, where, where your endorphins kick in. Yeah. And you can, and you stop feeling that way and, and that that does help at that point in time just exhaust yourself or 
walk outside yeah. and scream as loud as you can. <laughs> Yell at the sky. Practicality. That works yeah. to yeah. Yell at the sky. I mean, that might work yeah. as well in some cases. Yeah. You got to get it out yeah. because if you get it, if you don't, like we know, it's like a bottle yeah. of Coke. And, and Tim, I mean, I like what you shared a while ago when you're talking about the support that you got, right, which saved your life. Can you can you share with the audiences how they can help support uh, someone? Absolutely. If you're in a situation where you feel like you're in that bottomless pit and it's just nothing but darkness around you, reach out to somebody. Yeah. Say something to somebody. Yeah. And if you are in a situation where somebody who you are used to seeing every single day is all of a sudden distant and they're not being communicative or whatever, reach out to them. Hey, are you all right? Yeah. They're, they're just those, that simple question can save somebody's life. Thank you so much, uh, Tim. And, and the last words, one minute each uh, for you both, uh, Dr. Hatcher. What, someone out there struggling, what, what should they do or how should they deal with this? Uh, anyone out there struggling, I, I would say strongly, you know, just try to find someone that, that you, can, you can talk to. And if you can't find someone, call me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Get it real. Get in touch with me and I'll, I'll, I'll connect you with, with him. Absolutely. Pressure you, close this out. I mean, I, I think I would say the same thing that all these guys said. You know, talk to somebody, call somebody. Somebody that you know, though, that you can trust that will listen mm -hmm. and not talk. There are a lot of people that will talk and not listen and they'll say they're listening, but just really listen, not talk. I, I'm, I'm in Doc's position. Call me um, as, a, as, as a pastor. I have learned from my own life. I don't pass judgment on a soul. I got way too many skeletons <laughs> in my closet to be passing judgment on people. But what I do know is that Real love will root out all kinds of evil that's in your life. And true love, real love, is all about just see, accepting people the way they are and then loving them through whatever they're going through. And you know what? God will take care of the rest of it. He yeah. always does. And thank you so much. Uh, so being intentional, really, about managing your emotions. Don't be so guarded. Uh, allow yourself to be vulnerable when people know where you're coming from. They are able to connect you with you and help you out, just like uh, Tim was saying. When people can relate to you, they understand you better. And when you get caught in an emotional battle, we all find ourselves there once in a while. Don't detach yourself from, you, from the emotions. Attack the problem, not the person. Don't live there. Gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, coming on, sharing these rich and diverse perspectives and for helping bringing awareness to this important topic. And to you, our listeners, for tuning in to today's edition of Time with Fred. I trust that you found this edition insightful. Thank you again. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>